0: Hello, and welcome to Short Takes on Tech, the podcast that brings you quick insights into the latest innovations in the produce and floral industry. I'm your host, Von Yessis, the VP of Innovation at the International Fresh Produce Association. We're thrilled to kick off a special season recorded live at the Global Produce and Floral Show in Anaheim last October. Picture this, the vibrant atmosphere of the trade show, the podcast booth located right by registration and the unmistakable buzz of excitement from industry professionals. It was an incredible experience and we've captured the essence of it in this season. Throughout the upcoming episodes, we'll be sharing two to four interviews in each episode featuring discussion with experts from new companies and pioneers in cutting edge technologies within the industry. These bite-sized conversations are designed to give you quick glimpses into the companies solving our biggest problems in the produce and floral industry. Feel free to skip around and explore the topics that pique your interest. Each interview is approximately 10 minutes long, making it easy for you to stay informed in the midst of your busy schedule. So whether you're a seasoned professional in the field or just curious about the latest developments, we've got something for everyone in this season. Thank you for joining us on Short Takes on Tech. Let's dive into the world of innovation and discovery together. Stay tuned for insights that could shape the future of the produce and floral industry. Hello, tech enthusiasts, and welcome back to Short Takes on Tech, the podcast that delivers quick bites of innovation from the global show. I'm your host, Bonnie Estes, the VP of Innovation at IFPA, and I'm thrilled to guide you through our last episode in this series. In this installment, we've curated a lineup of three remarkable companies that are making waves in the produce industry. Each one brings unique products and services that are shaping the future of agriculture and technology. First on the agenda is Zag Technical Services, Inc., they are at the forefront of technology, security, and data solutions, all geared towards an accelerating business growth. Joining us today are Greg Gatsky, president of Zag Technical Services, and Thon Nong, VP of Data Software and Services. Get ready to explore how Zag is transforming the landscape with cutting-edge solutions. Next, we'll dive into the world of AgriFresh, a company providing end-to-end integrated technologies to empower growers, packers, and retailers. Amy Tranzillo, Global Marketing Director at AgriFresh, and Ethan Myers, the leader of customer engagement on the AgTech QC platform, FreshCloud, will guide us through the innovative solutions that are driving success across the supply chain. Last, but certainly not least, we have RSM, represented by Chris Jones, a principal at RSM. As the first choice advisor to middle market leaders globally, RSM plays a crucial role in shaping the future of business. Chris will share insights into how RSM is navigating the complex landscape and providing valuable guidance. So buckle up for a ride through the realms of technology, security, data solutions, and business growth. Our guests today are sure to leave you with a fresh perspective on the intersection of tech, and produce we are recording live from anaheim at the global show and it's really exciting setting we've got people all outside the booth registered and, and great people in the booth so we're going to continue our podcast series of, of these short takes of 10-minute conversations and i'll turn it over to you greg to talk about you and your company
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it and the opportunity to talk. So, my name is Greg Gatsky. I'm the founder of SAG Technical Services. So, we've been in ag since 2006. We were founded in 98. We do heavy stuff. We're best known for IT security and managed services where we support a company's entire organization. But, with the, and, and there's been a lot of traction on that, especially cybersecurity, you know, criminals continue to attack and the attacks are going up much more this year in fact but this show this year is really interesting the focus on data and and all that and knowledge within within the industry i really appreciate you know how technology is at the forefront and what you guys are doing so i really appreciate that
0: so do I. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it
1: is, so obviously, a good job, right? Yeah. But uh, with that, we believe that data is the future and, you know, the ability to utilize that data to reduce cogs, to find efficiencies, to increase sales. And with that, I brought Tan to kind of talk through that. And Tan is our leader on our data side. So, Tan?
0: Okay, go ahead.
2: Thank you, Greg. Honored to be here. My name is Tan No, and I lead our data and software services This is an emerging practice area for Zag, where, as Greg referenced, traditionally we've done a lot to bring forward technical solutions for the industry. As the industry shifts into embracing what data and information and knowledge can do, not only to make the business better, but the industry holistically, our practice area is moving forward with things that will help in automation, things that will help with data management, and then going right into how to best use the information, build it up into useful information from the data, and then moving on to more of the advanced things. So this is my first time here, and oh, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, like uh, what Greg was saying, it's very good to see that the industry is shifting towards acknowledging the, the need for data the use that it can become part of a competitive advantage for a company as it grows and matures. The biggest thing that I see is not everyone can just plug in an AI tool or a machine learning piece because the, the data that they have today still needs to be managed correctly and worked through and bring it to a point where it becomes useful for those advanced tools. So that's one thing that I would say that we can definitely help with. It's, it's a matter of being able to take what you have uh, from a, that data perspective, use best practices in involving security, processing, automation, and all that good stuff. Coming up with good information to feed into these advanced things so that your outcome is what you're expecting. So that's a very important piece that Zag is positioned to do well to help our clients and the industry as we continue to move forward in this uh, practice area.
0: So how do you engage with clients? I mean, that's a, those are all amazing services, but does someone come to you and say they want all of that? Or do people say, maybe they start with cybersecurity and then they say, oh, you're doing these other interesting things around data management? Or so how do, how do you engage with people and is it full package or menu? Uh,
2: it's a little bit of both. Traditionally, it's been the work that we've done with these companies As the the work expands, the ecosystem that's built expands as well. So that gives us more opportunity to bring in different capabilities that create a a more useful and helpful ecosystem. Rarely do you have one system that can do it all. Rarely do you have all of your systems in sync and up-to-date so that you're secure from threats. The ecosystem evolves at different rates and so what we do is we take advantage of the relationship that we're building and as we create more capabilities, we offer the, the sense to add on to what we've been currently doing and a lot of times it makes sense to help grow that ecosystem. Now, recently we've taken a, a different tack to this where we are looking at problems that not only get solved for a particular company but general problems when it comes to software and data that can be applied generally across the board. If you think about it, if a company is having challenges with managing data extraction from a particular system and turning that into some sort of business insights in the form of reporting or analytics, yeah. chances are other companies that are using that same system is going to have the same challenge. Right. So we're taking that type of approach where if we look at it from the more holistic picture, we can bring forward products and services that can help the entire industry versus doing the one-off customizations and going that route.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, an issue I see companies like yours have is so often you end up being consultants because you can't just like give give a company something and say, go, you know, you, everything has to be so customized. So you're finding a way to for less customization and more being able to solve people's problems that are more general.
2: Right. It's and-
0: much better for your revenue stream, I think.
2: (laughs) And we still do the consulting. It's just a matter of being able to create that consistency so that as the various companies are adopting the solution or technology, everyone is moving forward so the industry is learning. The industry is being able to use the, the better technology to do more, especially when it comes to automation where the smallest inputs make all the difference in the business process. And so when you do find opportunities to automate, reducing time for people, you know, who wants to sit there and do some of the tasks repeatedly day in and day out, they want to be challenged to do more, more meaningful work for their companies. And so the automation side, when we can automate things and let those automations do the repeated tasks and somebody can not babysit a system for a couple hours a day, That opens up a whole new world for them, Uh um, challenging them to do more for the company. And ultimately, the company benefits because they're getting more value out of the roles versus some of the things that are repeatedly or mundane.
0: One of the things that Elliot Grant said yesterday on the panel, somebody asked him about... Well, he was talking about AI and how AI is being incorporated and someone said, "Well, how does somebody even start?" You know, and many companies aren't even thinking about this, and he said, "Just start gathering data." Because you can't if you're not gathering that data, you can't go back and gather it. So, I'm sitting in the audience thinking, "Okay, if I'm a if I'm a producer, what what does that mean? Like what action do I take when someone says gather data?" Like so what did How do you answer that question? What does gather data mean? Uh, To
2: answer it in a a way that everyone can understand is collect it and make it available when you need it. That's what it means.
0: But what if you're not collecting So give me some examples. I'm just trying to think of, you know, so you've got emails or you've got uh, sales numbers or like what are you collecting and where are you putting it and how do you make sure it's clean?
2: So let's, let's take a typical ERP system where if you look at the system itself, it's built in a way that collects so much data that's not always usable. Yeah. So the system itself will generate data to keep the data in check and the relationship and validity of the data And you can consider that as less valuable to the core of the business, and the data that's more valuable is the data that you're using to see how the production lines are operating, looking at different impacts to challenges when you've got supply chain issues and things like that. So I would say, holistically, when you look at the machine data versus the business data, it's a lot of data.
0: Yeah, okay. And
2: and so when you look at a system, it's constantly generating that much data day over day, and it's difficult for companies to really determine what's valuable and what's not. Yeah. Uh, The nice thing about today's systems, especially the cloud-based ones, are there are very easy mechanisms to employ that saves a lot of data to an inexpensive type of cold storage. So like you're putting it in the refrigerator until you actually need it. Um, and so what that does for you is as long as you've got the proper strategy in place, you can start collecting and gathering that data in a low cost way, organize it in a way that you can come back to it and bring it out of that refrigerator and use it to your advantage at a later date. Ah, that doesn't okay, that mean that sense. you wanna save everything to your normal systems that process all the data because that will get expensive. Yeah. The best approach here is to save what would be valuable in that refrigerated state. The things that are valuable and you know will impact the business today, those are the data pieces that you move forward into business intelligence, analytics, and things like that. That's the, the right approach in solving for what you need today, but also being ready for tomorrow when AI and machine learning. Um, That's
0: a great answer. That makes that very much clearer. Yeah. When Elliot said that, I'm like, how would one do that? Yeah. And,
1: and that actually really landed with me because when he said that, you know, I come from a history of minimized data because you pay for the storage, stuff like that. And, you know, in fresh, it's not good after a month, right? Yeah. So that was, a, the way he positioned that was was really eye-opening and it's, yes, collect that data because there, there is a future for it. Yeah. So I, I really appreciated fair, that fair. part. Yeah.
0: So what are you hoping for out of the show today this and tomorrow?
2: Uh, for me, like I said, uh, this is my first time here. I am learning a lot about not just the offerings of the industry, but the history. Yeah. There's a lot of history that There's isn't on history. display. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great to be able to absorb that. Um, and I definitely know I can apply that to how we approach things going forward because It's not all about the technology. It's about the people and processes. (laughs) I will admit. Um, And and this is a great way to get to know the people and history, heritage of these companies. It's a a tight-knit community. And for me, I just want to learn more and more about that aspect.
0: Great. Any last words, Greg?
1: Same for me. Also, the connections that you make and and learning what people are are worried about, what they see and what they need. It's been critical for us. Great. So real really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for being at the show. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Bonnie Estes, and I'm your host for Fresh Takes on Tech. And we are live at the show in Anaheim doing short takes on tech. And I have AgriFresh with me here today and really excited to have you guys at the show and hear a little bit more about the company and what you're working on. So Amy, let's start with you, and just tell me about yourself and about the, the company.
3: Absolutely, thanks, Fonny. We're, we're excited to be here. This is um, actually my second time at IFPA, so oh. I'm, I'm excited, love Was this Was last show. year the first? The first for, for me, for not you. for yeah. AgriFresh. Right. Yeah. So who am I? My name is Amy Transillo. I'm the global head of marketing for AgriFresh. Who is AgriFresh? We're the leaders in what we call post-harvest solution space. So what that means is, every single piece of fruit that leaves the tree or gets picked from the, from the bush actually goes through a process before it gets to the retailer. And we actually have a number of different solutions to ensure that each one of those pieces of fruit ensures freshness and quality as it moves through the supply chain, whether it be storage, reduction of or minimizing water loss in citrus, as well as preventing any fungal decay that happens along the way. Great. Ethan, you want to tell us about what
0: yourself and what you're working
4: on? Yeah, most definitely. Thanks for allowing us to be on here, Vani. I'm Ethan Myers. I'm the uh, digital and data uh, global manager right now. You reminded us that my colleague Kim Bowie was on the show earlier. Yeah. Um, great podcast there. I specifically work uh, on our digital and data products. Uh, I'll start with our flagship product, uh, Fresh Cloud Inspection. It's been in the market now, I'd say, full-time, fully launched for about two years. Mm. Really focused on that kind of integrated quality digital output, arming our customers with, I'd say that kind of data that they need to make important critical decisions. The most important part, in real time.
0: So this is kind of a different product for AgriFresh, right? This is very different from the, your
3: other line of products, equally important, but yeah. really a new thing. Yeah, so I think that one of the things that makes us really differentiated from some of our other folks in, in the post-harvest space is that we actually have a full portfolio. So we have a number of different solutions. So whether it be allowing an apple to to be stored in its maximum quality, we also have solutions on the pack line, again, that help reduce the loss of moisture. And what FreshCloud actually does is actually allows that sort of thread underneath so that it gives our customers a way to actually tie together all of the things that are happening in the post-harvest space And every piece of produce, we actually heard a couple of hours ago around the quality inspection. Every piece of produce has to go through quality inspection. And most of that is actually done by hand right now. And what we're really bringing to the table is not only how is that fruit and that quality being managed throughout, so that could be with solutions, whether it be SmartFresh or um, ethylene management Mm -hmm. or coatings. That's a treatment, if you will, but... The actual insights that come with like, okay, what is that piece of fruit? What are the specs that it's meeting? How is it doing its storage? All of these different things that were previously maybe done by hand or recorded on Excel spreadsheets now can be um, entered into our fresh cloud system and then put to the cloud, pulled together and actually spit out some real insights that our customers can make real-time decisions on, i.e. is that packed fruit, ready to go to a retailer. Has it met the quality specs in terms of freshness, firmness, all of these kinds of things. So Ethan's been really instrumental and he can talk to this around helping our customers not only implement our for our quality inspection uh, system, but also really, what do you do with the data and what does mm. it mean? So I think Ethan can touch on that a little bit.
4: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating to see. So Historically our business, we have people at our customers, warehouses, pack houses, seeing the quality process live in action. We'll see it maybe in Excel on pen and paper, and we can see all the inefficiencies from one to the other, but there's no one really in the industry saying, hey, have you guys thought about doing it this other way? Have you thought about tracking this specific parameter? And a lot of times the customers, they, they don't really know what to do next, right? They know that data is important, but they don't know how to leverage it, and that's exactly how this kind of evolution of FreshCloud came into place. Because we had this this consultative service, these oh. these uh, you know industry experts seeing how people were doing things, and at the end of the day, Agrifresh in general, we want a better product out there for consumers to enjoy, right? So, I think that's kind of how the how the process started, and as we've gone along, that we've noticed, to Amy's points you know, we we see hundreds of inspectors how they grade different pieces of fruit. And it's kind of subjective in some cases. Like sure, you can look and see a piece of fruit and yes, it is bruised, but how bruised is it? You know, what what is the scale of that? And everyone grades it differently. Similarly, specifically with apples and starch, sometimes it's like reading a Rorschach test, right? It's it's different from every person. So we've tried to kind of standardize that and have the system have a backbone of what that retailer spec is and so when a customer does a quality inspection, maybe at shipping, maybe at packing, our system can tell them, hey, you can ship it to these two, two, three retailers, but you shouldn't send it to these other ones because you're not going to meet spec.
3: Yeah. And we
4: can give them that alert ahead of time before it gets to the customer or to the retailer, and then it gets rejected. That's a worst case scenario. And that's what we try and avoid.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's like been one when I talk to customers, they're like, hey, you know, you have great products, great solutions. They help keep our, you know, apples in storage and maintain that quality. But, you know, one of my biggest challenges is like I sent a whole load of fruit to retailer Y or X and they rejected it. And I can't figure out why. And then and I have to you know, go through reams and reams of Excel and everything else with our system. Actually, we've been able to digitize that. So not only can we prevent it from happening as Ethan said, but we can also say, have some traceability. So if it does happen, right. it can, if it does happen, we can say, Hey, you know, there's an opportunity to just click a button, say, all right, that load of fruit had X, Y, and Z, we get it. This is where, it, you know, in the supply chain, it had it in a defect or whatever, and um, we can identify it. So, you know, the best thing is to identify where these pain points are so that you can fix them, yeah. right? Because sometimes it could not be the pack house's fault. Could have been the truck could have been you know before it got there all of these kinds of things
0: what's the sales cycle for something like this? do people audit i I'm, I'm sure there's customers that you have worked with in development and that's easy, but when you go into someone you don't know, do mm-hmm. they get it immediately how important the data is and I, I think
4: kind of innately everyone knows that it's important, but when you've been doing something for decades yeah. and decades it's like hey i I have my solution It works, Sure, like prove to me that you're gonna make us money back. Right, yeah. and that's one of the key points in our selling cycle uh, that we are more mature. We do have more customers providing us feedback. We can actually have that transparent conversation with a potential customer and say, hey, here's the, the return on investment calculator, let's say. Yeah. Or here's how similar you know, producers in your shoes, here's where they're seeing savings. But at the end of the day, it's it's up to them to determine whether they're going to see that savings or not from that point of view. But you also have other customers who just, they understand I'm not making good data-driven decisions right now. So sure, it is a cost, but it's not it's not a cost. It's an investment in their process.
0: Is it a prescription model? How do you charge?
4: Uh, typically, yes. Typically, software as a service, there's a monthly billing cycle. But I think the advantage that that we do have Knowing that we do have a lot of products as AgriFresh, is that we can bundle these products together and include things maybe with your SmartFresh sale or with your Harvesta sale. So, I think at the end of the day, we're not just out strictly to sell this in isolation by itself. We're still AgriFresh. It's AgriFresh backed, and we do have a portfolio to sell along with it.
3: Yeah, and one of the the things I mean, we just um, on our YouTube channel we just have a customer testimonial from Star Ranch, and, and one of the. Th- key things that they said is, hey, we love working with AgriFresh because you guys know fruit. Yeah. So there's a lot of tech companies out there. I mean, every every time you turn around, there's a new app, right? And we know that. I mean, it's, a, it's you have a podcast about <laughs> yeah. it. Like we, we love that, right? And tech is so important. We heard AI this morning, a conversation around that. And like one of the key differentiators is we've been in this industry for 20 years. And in fact, we've also partnered with a number of companies over the years. And It increased our. We were acquired a company just recently. They've been in the industry for for forty years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so they're in table grapes. And the cool thing about not only Fresh Club but a number of our solutions is they're not they're crop agnostic. So. You know, every piece of fruit is going to have a challenge in the supply chain, whether it be over ripening, a fungus uh, challenge, or, you know, just purely losing moisture due to weather changes and, and, and supply chain issues, breaks in the cold chain. And so our solutions can really work across all different crops. And Fresh Cloud, we say it's always crop agnostic because every piece of fruit needs a quality inspection. Yeah, exactly. Right? And to make those decisions. And you wanna work with suppliers that actually understand the supply chain and what are the challenges of those fruits as they move through, right? I mean, this is, this is really key to our success, frankly. Excellent. So what do you hope to get out of the show?
4: You wanna start, Amy?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I love this show. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the Women's Fresh Perspectives Committee on IFPA, and um, our CEO is on the board. So we're really supportive of the association, and we understand the importance of just partnership across. We're, you know, in the end, we're, we're one, one cog in, in the grand wheel of providing fresh fruit to, to consumers, right? So we get that. And I think one of the things that we really look forward to here is to making those connections throughout the supply chain we've sometimes only just talked to pack houses but a show like this we can actually expand our network to talk to retailers to packaging suppliers to distribution and wholesale so for us that is like one goal is how do we expand our network because the supply chain is shortening Mm -hmm. and you know those relationships and being able to sort of like build the bridge Across, and we have a huge business in Latin America. We know there's a huge Latin American audience here. Many of the fruit that's coming into the U.S. has a lot of our products on it. So again, making those connections is is really one key aspect for us. And I
0: good. All right, Amy and Ethan, thank you so much for being on the show. No that worries. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank, thank you. you. Hi, I'm Bonnie Estes, and I'm your host of Fresh Takes on Tech podcast. And we are live at the show in Anaheim today doing short conversations with exciting companies just to hear what's going on with their company and what they're doing at the show. So I'm very happy to have Chris uh, from RSM. I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself and your company.
5: Well, thank you, Bonnie. My name's Chris Jones, and I'm a principal with RSM based out of St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, certainly happy to be here with you today. RSM, for those of you who don't know, is an organization who spends a lot of time in the food and beverage space, specifically produce space, really across all of our lines of business, both audit, tax, and consulting. Certainly for us here at this show, I think our consulting line is probably what's most interesting for most of our clients who are facing, you know, difficult issues trying to manage their digital transformation and looking for ways that we might be able to help.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So how do you in... in in that part of the business and the consulting how do you engage with customers do they come to you and say we're trying to do something and then is it a menu of services or how does that work
5: yeah it often depends but you know oftentimes most organizations they don't necessarily think they've got a technology problem they just have business issues yeah issues could be you know inventory could be traceability food safety and they're looking for solutions that oftentimes technology can be a part of solving that
0: yeah so give me an example of some sorts of of project that you would work on you know not giving names but how you would help them and how you would engage with them
5: yeah oftentimes organizations are faced with a myriad of different data issues right especially you know now here in 2023 data is the new currency and so they think about their current solutions and systems and problems they have and in order to be able to solve those they realize they just don't have the data they need to be able to do that so oftentimes it starts with just kind of taking a look at the process and the kind of metrics they think they would like to be able to capture and turns into sometimes a, a larger digital transformation project that could just be a data and business intelligence, you know, kind of project, or it could be into a full scale, hey, we need to replatform. We need enterprise resource planning and supply chain solutions and systems. And again, RSM can try to help provide all of those services along the way to, to, to meet them where they are.
0: So what I hear from a lot of people is that when they realize they have some sort of issue like that, different systems aren't talking to each other, and then they're looking at, well, I need to buy this new system, but then it won't talk to this system. So when you hit that kind of problem, do you talk to them about revamping everything so everything is new and talks to each other, but then you've got this huge training issue? So how do you deal with that?
5: Yeah, it's a real tough one. The reality is that most organizations aren't prepared to just completely scrap everything, right? They do have a a, a ton of technology debt and different point solutions. And so um, sometimes it's really just about low-hanging fruit, you know, per se here in the produce space, right? To find out what those issues that are impacting the most and sometimes you can, start, you can start small. Take a work stream or two and figure out how to solve that. Sometimes that might lead into a larger platform conversation, but that can be phased over a period of months, years even, with, without having the, you know, the, the pressure and the risk that, hey, look, we've got to do everything at once. It's just, it's, it's too much, it's too big a task for most organizations to handle.
0: And is your point of contact usually the CEO or the finance head? or
5: You know, it's, it's, it's from all over. I would say typically more of that C-suite. It could be CEO, CFO, CIO, COO. But those people that are empowered in an office that, one, they understand and see the real challenges and they see the need. And they're probably in a leadership position where they can invoke some change and make some change happen.
0: Are you seeing any particular trends? Like, is it speeding up? Is your phone ringing more when people are starting to realize they need help? Or what are some of the trends you're seeing?
5: Well, I think the big trends that we see, certainly just uh, changing uh, workforce dynamics, right? Ah. That's a common issue. Certainly, you know, more uh, focus on profitability. I would say inventory issues, supply chain issues that we've seen, the disruption over the last several years in transportation and um, and just better insights into some data around some of those things. Those would be some of the big issues that we're seeing. In all of those issues, again, there are multiple potential solutions, right? It's not a one-size-fits-all, but oftentimes technology can at least be an enabler to help them through some of those challenges.
0: And your engagement's usually I mean are you hired like on a retainer for two years to solve this or it just depends on I would the say a
5: majority of it is a project based so uh, we come in and sometimes it might be more of that advisory in the beginning to help really scope out the challenges to kind of do some discovery and find out where the needs are and sometimes it might be recommending a roadmap right uh, uh, something that you could implement over the over time and sometimes those some of those very discrete projects, are things that our consulting team could do project by project. Uh-huh. So it could be a short engagement, an assessment for four to six weeks, or it could be a, a large scale ERP project that could take you know, 18 to 24 months.
0: And what's the size of the company overall? I
5: just don't have a sense of... So, yeah, RSM's a large international organization. You know, here in the U.S. Uh, alone, we've got 90 offices, about $3.5 billion, 15,000 employees. But if you look at RSM worldwide, we're in 110 countries, 50,000 people, almost $9 billion in U.S. revenue. So, a large organization that has the ability to kind of grow and scale with the size of our clients. And also, we have the ability to meet clients where they are, and even in an international, global environment.
0: So, when did you start focusing on produce? Is that a long-term involvement? Or yeah, we've been, been in the
5: produce space now for almost twenty years. That's um, amazing. So, been working with. What did you
0: talk to people twenty years ago about?
5: Uh, you know, same problems, different technology. Yeah, different solutions. <laughs> different yeah. solutions and different technology.
0: Yeah.
5: But you know, look, the produce space has been rife with you know, regulatory issues, right? And yeah. so as regulations have come in, certainly nothing bigger than, you know, Food Safety Modernization Act and trying to be able to adapt to some of those standards and technology and data and labeling and things has brought on a lot of need for organizations to invest in technology and solutions to be able to support that regulatory compliance.
0: And how is the produce industry different than other industries? Do you, Is it harder, easier, slower, behind ahead?
5: I I would say in general, it's been probably lagging in other, let's say, food CPG kinds of companies. They've been a little bit slower to adopt and embrace technology. Why do
0: you think that
5: is? Oftentimes, you know, think about the the hearts of many of these organizations. They're they're farmers, right? They're growers and farmers. And so their investments is really about capacity and it's about field and soil and things like that. They haven't thought as much about, hey, how do I enrich some of the data processes and the supply chain issues that, that we need to be able to continue to grow and scale. Now that we've had a number of consolidations over the years and many of these smaller farmers have gotten larger, ah. uh, they're faced with more challenges and they've got more pressures from their customers, right? Whether that's food service or you know direct retail chains and distribution chains, um, they've got more pressures to be able to share more information, to share more data and just to, to provide a better you know, public safety and health from you know foodborne illnesses and things like that.
0: So, if you're going into a large company, or a, compare like a large company and a small company, is, are there are the issues pretty much the same? It's just scale, or are they different issues?
5: Yeah, it's it's interesting. The issues are largely the same, regardless of the size. Some of those larger organizations, the the scale and complexity, it might compound those issues. They can't afford the, the manual workarounds that they might need. They just don't have the people and process to do that. Where some of the small organizations can still just continue to add manpower in manual processes to kind of help them through that. But as you get to a certain level, it's just uh, the, the scale of the wall is too high to climb, right? And so you've got to invest in some of those solutions to help out. But the challenges, you're right, are, they're the same.
0: Yeah, yeah, just slightly different scale. Yeah. So, how long have you been coming to this show personally?
5: I think I've been coming to this show probably since about 2010. Yay. So, I think I'm on about 13 years.
0: That's
5: amazing. Um, and uh, the show continues to grow and scale. And, you know, I like it's it's certainly now much more of a global show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all right. <laughs> I think that's been uh, been fun and exciting to see. We certainly have a lot more participants, I think, from around the globe. And that's um, been fun. It's been, uh, I think, there's a lot of shared knowledge and. A camaraderie in this small industry, although it doesn't look so small at this show, (laughs) but uh, it is a relatively small industry. Everybody knows one another. Uh, Great networking, great people. Um, I think a good community of folks that come together.
0: What do you hope to get out of the show and out of being here?
5: I think one, you know, we're we're an innovation company, right? So we love to see the, the other innovation that exists within this space and to see what companies are doing and how can RSM uh be an enabler of some of those innovations, right? Uh, so we we learn from one another, we learn from our clients, we learn from our competitors, we learn from you know other partners who are providing solutions to this space, and at the end, we want to be first choice advisors to our clients and then make sure that we can bring the best solutions that the market can bear right.
0: Well, I thank RSM and you for supporting our Freshfield Catalyst um, Accelerator Program. That support is needed and helpful and helps us bring new, even more new technology into the industry. So thank you for that. And thanks for being here today. It was great talking well, to you. Well, thank
5: you very much for your time. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah,
0: great. Thanks. And that's a wrap for this episode of Short Takes on Tech, recorded live at the Global Produce and Floral Show in Anaheim. We hope you enjoyed these brief but insightful glimpses into the world of innovation shaping our industry. As we close this episode, we invite you to mark your calendars and make plans to attend the 2024 show in Atlanta. It's sure to be another fantastic opportunity to connect with industry leaders, discover groundbreaking technologies and stay at the forefront of what's happening in produce and floral. Cheers to the exciting future ahead. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you more short takes on tech in the episodes to come. Until
3: next time, stay curious and stay innovative.